As a young Christian, I grew up knowing the rapture. I grew up knowing the coming of Christ. I knew about the grace of God. I knew about Jesus coming back. And I learned. I thank God it, it fed me. It, made, it give, gave me a, a door to go through. You know what I'm saying? Amen. But walking outside of that, I, I had very little victory. Not that I wasn't saved, Blackie. It wasn't not that I didn't know God. But every time I'd come to a, a wall, I'd seem to fall. You get what I'm saying? I seemed to get in that, in that wall, and I couldn't climb over it for some reason. It wasn't that I didn't have a Bible. Come on, Holy Ghost. The things that Paul said that I would do, the things that I hated, that I'd done. What does, what does that mean? With the mind, I wanted to serve God. But with the flesh, mm, <laughs> I wanted to serve the devil. And the thing about it is that it was, there was a battle taking place between what my spirit wanted, which is my, my mind wanted to do the things of God, and then what my flesh wanted, which was contrary to what God wanted, right? I'm going to actually turn Romans 7 real quick. And God is calling us to holiness, right? Amen. And I'm going to quote a verse. You don't have to turn there, but it's right there. In Romans 6, verse 23. Well, I, I want to quote it. Just go to Romans 7. Uh, Romans 6, 23 says, the wages or the price or the penalty for sin is death. So as you listen to this message today, I want you to hear that verse in your head. God doesn't excuse sin in no shape or form. Sin brings death to the non-believer and also to the believer. I don't personally believe God has closed his eyes on sin because you got saved. No way. But what am I under? Jesus came and he died on the cross for my sins. And he offered another method of grace. It was the cross. Long time ago, you see, as a Christian, I... A young Christian, I heard a lot of hard preaching, man, and it was good. I, I appreciate that hard preaching. But you know, when a person black, you just gets saved. Okay, you said the sinner's prayer. Now sit here. We're going to tell you how to dress and look and put a bun in your hair and wear a long dress. And we have all these rules. <laughs> you see, something that took us 20 years to do, we expect them to do in five minutes. <laughs> we, we, we want them to be holy just like us. They're babies. That little baby you got in your own baby, you don't expect to put that baby at a table with a piece of meat and a, and a fork and, you know, hard, and stuff. he can't chew. He don't have no teeth. Right? Whoa, wait. <laughs> Listen. I should know better than that little baby. Could you see me sucking on a bottle? 
Can, can you imagine me? <laughs> it, it, I look stupid. I'm a grown man. In some ways. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to suck a bottle anymore. That little baby has to. Because he's a baby. We come in the church, in the age of the church. Like, can I move this a minute? I'll put it right here. And we expect a born-again Christian just came to the Lord to understand what it took us 20 years to explain, to learn. It ain't going to happen. I look at doing it this way in this church to teach the ways of God one bite at a time. Right? Does that make any sense? One, listen, I like ice cream. I said that quite often. I love, they got, a, they got an ice cream. They, 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 they stopped making it because I started eating it. <laughs> Peanut butter party ice cream. My God, hallelujah. Forget about Blue Bell. <laughs> Lord, they have some chocolate strips in there, man. And, and they got some little peanut butter cups all stuck through there. Oh, no, now bite that. Man. It's like biting into heaven, hallelujah. Mm. But I don't eat the whole box. In one serving, I could. <laughs> I'd get sick, black. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I don't expect, I want to enjoy it a little bit at a time, right? And, it, and you know what? Jesus said it like this in John 8, 32. You don't have to turn it out. Let me quote most of this, okay? Well, paraphrase, so to speak, to get more technical. So I'm trying to learn how to speak professionally because if I don't know the words, I'll ask Boogie. He'll tell me. <laughs> no. He says, in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. What is the first thing we do when a believer or young Christian comes to the Lord? We dress him just like us. No. <laughs> you don't want to look like me. Hallelujah. <laughs> We find them the best dress, skirt, put it right down to their ankles, or we get them in with some long sleeves, and we take all the rings and stuff. That's what some, and I'm not talking about Catholic church. I'm talking about Protestant churches. And they dress them up, man, look. And, and they, man, they look holy, man. Oh, my goodness. You think, you think, you think uh, angels that walked out of heaven. A clothes don't make a Christian. Just like going to McDonald's don't make you a hamburger. Right? But God is teaching us something. I want to ask you to listen real close this morning. Because there's no way in the world I'm, I'm, I'm trying to justify sin. A person as a believer, listen, has to take this step one step at a time. One bite at a time. From faith to faith. Right? Growing from grace and more grace and more grace. It's learning the ways of the Lord. Now watch, I'm going to show you this. I want to start in verse 15, but I'm going to go back and forth in Romans 7. Listen, I have, I have a, a pastor friend of mine. Me and him don't quite agree on this. Now if you read Romans 7, if you read Romans 6, 7, and 8, if you ever get a chance, you're going to find that Paul is explaining law and grace, right? Because Paul was a Pharisee. He, he kept the law. He was a zealot. I mean, he, he was zealous toward his 
Jewish faith. But on the road to Damascus one day while he was going to kill Christians, he had got an order from the high priest that he was going to go and put Christians, real Christians, people of faith in prison. And he was going to, he was going to have them killed because they, they stoop low enough to believe that Jesus is the only way to God. So on his way, he met Jesus. <laughs> A shining light came out on the road to Damascus, and God, Jesus appeared to him and said, Paul, why are you kicking against a prick? I, I was telling <laughs> she's fighting with stuff. She said, Brother Lenny, I said, you know what that prick is? That's, a, that's like a, a rod, a wooden stick that was pointed that when the sheep didn't want to move, he would poke them with it. That was a prick. And every time God speaks to us and we don't want to move, we don't, it's like them stupid sheep. We're kicking the prick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kicking it. Because we don't want to do what God says. I want you to say something. Your relationship with God is personal. Yeah. Think about that. It's not the preacher's relationship with God. It's not your husband or your wife's relationship with God. It's your relationship with God. When I look at scripture, i got to ask the Lord, so Lord, what are you telling Lanny? Right? <laughs> and most, most Christians, they get, they get hypocritical and pharisaical. And they're all judging everybody else. And they say, well, look at the way they're dressed. Look, they, they come to church with pants on. You get where it's coming from? They don't wear their hair like we do. And they judge everybody based on their own appearance and how they see God. <laughs> well, I'm preaching, Mom. Oh, listen. It's time we wake up. If God tells you to wear a long dress, get you one. But don't let man make that decision for you. Or whatever it is. It could be anything. Right. It could be anything. It's whatever. See, the Holy Spirit deals with us. If you come to me and say, Brother Lanny, the Lord wants me to dress more modest. I say, well, obey him. Do it. Well, don't you have some scriptures to kind of, no, he's telling you to do it, do it. The Bible says do it. But I'm, not getting, I'm getting on to that stuff because religion today, well, if you, if you don't have a scapula around your neck when you die, you sure ain't going to heaven. You got to have that scapula. Now, I'm not just speaking on the Catholic church. I'm telling you, sometimes the, the Protestant church is doing the very same thing because they're adopting law, man-made law. Law that, that hasn't, Anything, Jesus had the same problem. The Pharisees, they came to Jesus and said, your disciples are eating with unwashed hands. Where's that in the scriptures? They, they, they're eating with, you know, they, they washed, when Pharisees, they often, they wash their hands often. They would wash the pots they'd eat in. I mean, they, they would do all that stuff. And, and, and they made a law out of that. And they said, well, if anybody's not doing it, then they're wrong. They're sinning. That's, that, that, was, that was a man-made law. That they made. So we, we come sometimes, we kind of adopted that kind of attitude sometimes. Listen, I'm going to tell you a story. And I'm going to read a few more things. And I'm going to keep you too long. I hope not. <laughs> I went to church one day. And somebody came, Brother Blackie. He had torn clothes. He looked like he just came out from under a rock. 
And you know that self-righteous spirit started to rise up with me. And the Lord said, hold up, son. Come on. He said, you don't know where he's coming from. He says, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I'm looking at this stuff. He says, that's what my grace is there for. What do you expect him to smell like? He comes out the world. He's going to smell the nicotine and the alcohol. Come on, somebody. I felt about that small, bro. I went out and embraced him. God help us. Embraced him. I don't care what you smell like. Hallelujah. As long as you're looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. That's all I care about. We can worry about the rest later. But man, we need to get, this is, this is not about how, about us. It's about him. Grace is the message of the cross. Grace is never a license to sin. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to show you in a minute. You're quiet. But just listen to that. <laughs> You're going to leave with something, okay? <laughs> it says here in Romans 7, verse 15. Turn with me right there. I'm going to read that little passage of Scripture to you. Chapter Romans 7, verse 15. And God is a good God. He's trying to teach you something this morning, okay? He says here in verse 15, he says, I'm reading out the New King James. For what I am doing, I do not understand. And see, he's wrestling with himself. You get what I'm saying? You ever done that? You know in your mind, like, in your spirit, that something's right, but you're going the other, the, the other, you're going the other way. The argument that me and the other minister had is that he thinks that Paul is talking about his past life before he got saved. But I go back to the very end of this chapter. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. He didn't say what I was. <laughs> I am. Paul was wrestling with his flesh. Apostle Paul had flesh problems. That's what it says. He says, what I don't do, what I'm doing, I don't understand it. Why, why am I... Doing this sin. Or why am I doing things contrary to what the Bible? I don't want to. You haven't even felt like it. I don't want to do it. It's like I hate it, Blackie. I hate doing things, my God, that God don't want me to do. But sometimes I do them anyhow. This is the, the, the spirit warred against the flesh. And the flesh against the spirit. I don't know if you understand that, but you're in that boat. I'm in that boat. But Brother Lanny, you're a pastor. It don't matter. My wife knows I got some flesh problems. <laughs> and the problem is this. When, I'm when, I, when am I going to stop doing what the devil wants me to do? When am I going to stop getting angry? Envious. My Lord, jealous sometimes. Listen, that lady, I love her. Don't put your hand on her. Listen, that one guy was trying to hit on her at Walmart one day. I said, holy brother. She's mine. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, you ain't nobody. And listen, the other day, a lady came, and, and she might have been drunk. I don't know. She said, boy, you sure are handsome. Told me that. <laughs> and my wife said, yeah, but he's mine. <laughs> Jealous. 
Jealous for the right reason. I ain't going to share it with nobody. Come on, Holy Ghost. God is jealous, the Bible says. God is a jealous God because he doesn't want to share you with anybody. My Lord, you're, you're <laughs> don't get discouraged. And I'm not saying take it lightly that you fall sometimes. Get up. You remember I said it last week? Get up. When the devil puts you on ground, get up. The righteous man get seven times and he rises it back up. Don't let the devil keep you down. Get up. Get up. Rise up. Get up. Jesus' name. That's <laughs> all. Get up and Jesus. Listen, the devil's going to put his foot on your neck, but you got to put your foot on his neck. How can we overcome this? When is this battle going to stop when Jesus comes back? But Blackie says, we don't yet appear what we're going to be. But when he comes, we're going to be like him. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says, what man of love had he bestowed on me? I should even be called the son or daughters of God. Why does he even love me? What does he want to do with me? What am I worth to him? Must have thought I was worth a lot. He gave his life for me on the cross. Right? But till Jesus comes back, and now until Jesus comes, there's a devil to fight with. I wish I could see the devil we finished with him. I wish I can see he's out of the way. I wish he'll never show his face in your life again. I'd be lying straight through your teeth, to my teeth. Because the flesh has never been born again. This. And what does that mean, the flesh? I mean your skin and your, we call it flesh, but it's your passions and your desires that the flesh wants. I looked at something about the flesh. The flesh never is going to agree with God's word. Never. That's how you check yourself out real good. If you say something's coming in your life, is, is this about me, God? Is it about who I am? Is it about glorifying myself? Or is it glorifying you? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout. Do something. I know you're not sleeping. I don't think. <laughs> Listen. What I do, and he goes, I'm going to reverse. Uh, let me go ahead and finish reading verse 16. If then I do what I will not do, other words, that I don't want to do or practice. He says, I agree with the law that it is good. Now, you see, the law was the Ten Commandments. That's what he's talking about. Not talking about the, the uh, ceremonial law, the temple, and all that stuff. He's talking about God's moral law. Y'all shall have no other gods before you. It's still in effect. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven image of any likeness of anything on the earth, on the waters beneath the earth, whatever. It's still there. But I'm going to show you something about the, 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 even Moses. Moses, he stood up in the, the Mount Sinai for 48 days without food or water. And Moses came down, God's glory was on him. The children of Israel couldn't even look on him. They had to put a veil over him because the power of God was shining out of him. Moses, the meekest man in the whole Bible, 
God in the flesh. Mind you, after he had been God. Because Moses was told to strike the rock. Remember that, that story? And Moses struck that rock twice. God never told him to strike it twice. Because that rock was a symbol of Christ. And Christ wasn't going to die on the cross over and over and over as some religions make him do. And it angered God. But Moses had been with God, Blackie. Moses, Moses was in the presence of God for 40 days and heard some of the greatest mysteries, some of the greatest writings ever presented on literature came from Moses, the first five books of Moses. But Moses sinned after he'd been with God. Well, he don't feel so bad now. <laughs> because sometimes flesh will get in the way. Now, I'm trying to show you something because you're going to go on as a Christian, especially young ones, going to find out that when you get out of here, temptation's out in that, in that world, right? Amen. Temptation. Look, all I'm doing lately is asking God, is this pleasing to you, Lord? It's simple. You put your TV on. Something comes over. That doesn't look right. Is this pleasing? If it's not pleasing, turn it on. Uh, if you desire to wash, wash filth, if you desire to wash things that are ungodly, I would check my heart. I'm not going to your house to make sure you're watching what you're supposed to watch. That's your job. Come on, somebody. The Bible very clear that says, don't lord over the people. I'm the pastor here, and I want to help you grow spiritually, but I can't follow you at your house 24 hours a day. You'd have to follow me because i got some problems too sometimes. But I can't go over there and t turn your TV off for you. God's not going to go in there and turn it off for you. He's going to say, wait a minute. It's sin what you're doing. Nobody's around watching you. You hear that voice. <laughs> Sometimes, listen, people go to the movies, and Christians, they'll listen to movies that blaspheme Jesus, man. Right off the top. Curse his name, but they'll have no problem sitting there and watching. I do. I got up one day. I went to see that new Moses movie, so say, that they had come out with. Remember that, Dan? The new Moses movie they had made, the last one they had made. And they had Moses <laughs> stuck in dirt on the mountain. And a, 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 a little kid was God. I got up and I left. That ain't what the Bible teaches. <laughs> but yet most Christians are going there. They, they think that's gospel because you know why? They don't read the Bible. I knew it. My wife knew it because we read it. We read the scriptures about Moses. They had one movie that came out on TV about Noah. Oh, look, don't ever think Hollywood has an idea about God. Noah, Moses, <laughs> Noah hadn't built an ark, and the flood came, and all of a sudden, Lot. <laughs> Lot was, wasn't even born yet. Lot, Lot was, hundred, I don't know how many years later, maybe hundred so years later, he was floating on a raft selling pots to Moses. I said, come on, man. But most Christians, they don't read the Bible. They're going to accept that as gospel. You know why I think adultery is sin? Because God said it. You know why the Bible says, even you look on a woman to lust after her. It's just as bad as doing the act. Jesus said, he who have committed adultery right in your heart. 
I only got one wife I need to look at, and that one right there, woman. Me and her serve each other. We love each other. We please each other. But only in the, God, the bonds of marriage, right? Amen. Don't look outside of anywhere else. It's sin if you do, even if you're just looking. I had one preacher black tell me one time, and he was serious. Man, I said, come on, man, be for real. It's not wrong to look at a beautiful woman. You know, they're, they're beautiful. I said, you got a sin problem, buddy. You got a wife? Why don't you look at her? Honestly, I'm tough this morning. <laughs> it, may, it could be anything, okay? It could be anything. But when God has said something, it's, it's gospel, right? Amen. So, I'm, I got all the, Matter of fact, why don't you just close your Bible? Because I've got a little paraphrases here, and, I, and I'm going to read through them, okay? Just trust me. If you want to go back and read it, write it down. Because I was sitting at my table this morning, and, I, and Janice was coming. I said, Lord, how am I going to preach this stuff? What, what is right? How can we get to the place where we can accept the grace and peace you give us? If we constantly got to keep fighting with this stupid flesh. You know, when you think you're up, you back down, right? Listen, I've been turning some things off. I'm not judging people. You can, you can watch it. Whatever you want to do, that's your business. But for me, I got on tell. I started watching. I was so depressed with what I was seeing. It wasn't that. It just, it just grieved me, right? Listen, a lot of times we, we see things, and I noticed that. When I start getting into, like, the political issue, I said, that's the big thing right now. I started getting into that. I started not hearing God's voice. Not nothing wrong. You pray for your politicians. You pray for the right one. That's not what I'm talking about. But when it became every conversation that we spoke, and Jesus was being spoken of less and less and less of, something was wrong. Then I'll tell you what now. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't expect ungodly men to do godly things. Seriously, I wish it was, I was wrong. Don't expect, now they got moral people that don't even know God. They just raise moral, but they still don't know God. Don't expect, they can be swayed anyway because Jesus is not their Lord. Let me read some stuff to you, okay? That's what I do, I hate. Now you ring that in your ear, man. Why do, why can't we constantly keep doing the same thing? Oh, we know it's not pleasing the Lord, right? We know it's not. Edifying our spirits. I'm not saying you got to walk in a religious bubble all your life and you can't enjoy like like Bree likes to fish or somebody likes to haunt or, or you know things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that corrupt your mind against God. Things that's blatant on the word in the word that says thou shall not. Right? You see, the law, the Ten Commandments, is the moral law of God. The Ten Commandments didn't save you, right? But they taught you what sin was. Paul said, and I ain't got time to read it. He said, the, the commandments were good and holy. He said, well, how could that which is good and holy, you know, hurt me? Be my enemy. It's not your enemy. What it does is exposes sin in your life. Thank God for the Ten Commandments. Amen. They showed you what sin was, right? I would have not known sin, but by the commandments. I would have never known what covetous was unless God says, shall, shall not covet. Or lust, or idolatry, 
or lying or stealing. You know what I'm saying? I would never knew that unless God said it, right? So you're looking at what God says. Now, when I say this, I never got born. This thing, when Jesus comes back, you won't have to worry about sin ever again. Because there won't be, Brady, no sin nature. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? There won't be a battle between what's right and wrong to do. Because the wrong is going to be taken out. The flesh, is, your body's going to be changed. It's going to be glorified. It's going to be like Jesus. So, for, But for now, we still have to wrestle this battle every day. I say that quite often. When I wake up in the morning, I feel it. Landing, get up and pray. Oh, God. Oh, I had a hard day, Lord. Come on, somebody. It's not that rest is not good. But, Blackie, when I get up and wash my face and take my vitamins and get a little cup of coffee, when I sit in my, my chair, I feel his presence. Seriously. And I argue with God a lot. I'm telling you, when it comes down to that, my wife says, Oh, God, please, Lord, let me sleep some more. <laughs> sleep is not bad. It's good to sleep. But not on God's time, right? I told somebody years ago, Black, I said, but you know what? God spoke to me. He said, give me a place and give me a time. My wife would tell you, at 4.06, just about everyone, you might think, Lenny, you're making that up. No, I'm not. It, it, I, got, I got a prayer clock in my gut. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You hear me? It goes off every day at the same time. But God, I'm tired. I'm, I'm beat. Lord, I'm, I'm wore out. Does it seem fair that God makes you get up and pray? Amen. Oh, <laughs> I better change the stuff. <laughs> Does it, is it right, God, make you get up when everybody's having fun at the football games and everything and go to church? Huh? It ain't fair. Everybody seems to have a good life and fun, and I'm just, just religious. I'm just going to church. This is the place to be. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when the dust is all going to settle, and the rapture is going to come, you're going to thank God every day for eternity that you heard the gospel. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah, praise. Listen, there are people right now, billionaires, dead and in hell today. They would give every dollar they got to hear the gospel one more time and live on a dung heap to hear what you're hearing this morning. They would have no problems living in poverty, stricken, with just one more chance to hear Jesus. They ain't going to have that no more. They're not going to have that opportunity because they made their decision. How valuable is, what your, how valuable is your faith? <laughs> how valuable is that chair you're sitting in? Come on, somebody. How valuable is the gospel that you're hearing this morning? Not because it's coming from me. But it's coming from the Lord. Man, hallelujah. I can preach all day. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's so much. I had to. Listen, I was praying this morning. I said, Lord, how am I going to cipher this stuff? 
How am I, listen, how we can figure out, how can we re- get victory, Blackie, Brady, y'all, brothers, sisters, all of us. How can we finally, listen, I, I, I had this thing a while back where I was thinking about the, the temple. And they orchestrated the, the burning on the altar where they burned the sacrifice. And you know, they would come every year and they would offer that same sacrifice. Sometime every month. They had different feasts and different festivals that they was just told to order, offer up a lamb. And they could never get Blackie to the place where they needed to be in the Holy of Holies. They was always coming back, sister, and offering the same sacrifice over and over and over. How many of you do that sometimes? I praise the Lord, but I just feel like I'm farther away from Come on, somebody. But if you can get around that altar... <laughs> And accept and trust in the sacrifice that you just gave. You can go into God's presence. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost saying that. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Trust in that sacrifice Jesus offered. Come on, somebody. I feel the presence of the Lord. Trust in the sacrifice that Jesus offered. And go into that holy place and meet God. Do you accept his sacrifice? You'll never get beyond the altar. My Lord, that's the Holy Ghost. I don't know why. Listen, when you learn to trust in Jesus, you can overcome anything that the devil and the flesh and the world can throw at you. Because when you, listen, when I'm in my mind about something, it's like a, a, a trap door. My wife would tell you, I want to buy something. I want it, Janice. We don't have the money yet, Lenny. Well, I'll figure out a way. And I said, we, listen, we've got to remodel our bathroom. We'll put a brand new shower, a brand new toilet and stuff. She said, she, she's smart, smarter than me. She said, a lot of times we, we sell limestone we pick up off of jobs. And sometimes we make hundreds of dollars, thousands maybe, a lot of thousands we make. She said, you want to do that? And the flesh don't want to hear that because I want it now. You don't black, I want it, I want it right now, right now. So we're going to take that money and we're going to put it in the envelope. And you know, after a couple of times... I had enough to fix my bathroom. <laughs> Smart. Right? Amen. She said, Landon, we're going to wait. How many, do, how many had that? Bro? Your wife will tell you to wait sometime, bro? Your wife will tell you to wait? Blackie, she'll tell you to wait? I mean, all of it? Let's, no, Blackie said, no. <laughs> Seriously, wait. I got a plan. God will tell you. Yeah, you can have that, but I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. Come on, somebody. Somebody said, God got a plan. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. He has a way. It all agree with the flesh. Brady, Alan, Lloyd, it doesn't. Listen, our way, listen, we're hard-headed, right? I'm only talking about myself. Hallelujah. Come on. We're hard-headed, man. Come on. We, we, we just want it our way. Flesh, flesh, flesh. I remember years ago, I was a young preacher. Man. I mean, I just preached to him and said, flesh, flesh, flesh. Me, me, me. You know what I tell? <laughs> don't look for this word in the dictionary because it's not. I use the word. You know what our problem is? Uses. <laughs> Uses is the problem. Uses. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, don't try to find it. It's, there's no such word. That's a Cajun version of wheezes or we. <laughs> us is the problem okay how can I overcome listen real good okay I'm going to show you 
And it goes on. I want to read it in Galatians chapter. Don't turn there. I'm just going to paraphrase. I just want you to listen seriously. I will just want you to close your Bible. Trust me. If you want to go read it, you can see I'm not lying to you. The flesh lusted or wore it against the spirit. Wow. So every time that happens, brother Al, is that what's going on in your life or Brady or anybody? I'm just speaking of name people. But what's happening? Why, there's a, why is there a battle going on between the flesh and the spirit? One wants to dominate your life. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. Listen, don't take for granted the flesh because that thing hates God. Right? Listen, it doesn't want to do the things God wants it to do. Listen, I, I look at situations and I'm, uh, a majority of the nation is going totally opposite from God. And here you are like a sore little sore thumb, a little church and go to home. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Probably thinking more, a lot different than a, a, thousands, maybe millions. What, what, what do we? Come on. <laughs> Who are we? Nobody's going to worry about that little Church in Coda Homes, they ain't going to make an effect right now. In this church, that we have a podcast, goes into Germany, goes into France. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't think for a minute. Ireland, I heard different. Come on, you, you think I'm lying? No, I'm not. Actually, Lord, he knows about that. He's the one who does all that stuff. The message that God has could come out of here and maybe start revival. But if we're not going to allow the spirit, you see, a lot of revivals, you see, it's all flesh, Blackie. There's glamour and lights and there's there's nobody at the altar, man. (laughs) There's nobody crying out to God to, to forgiveness. What we call modern day revival is glamour and light. You, you turn on the TV, they all, they all, they all, you think you're in a disco somewhere. Hallelujah. You know, there's an old song, Jane. You remember, it's Karen Reed you sing that. The, the altar. There's no more tears at the altar. There's no more weeping before God. Listen, I'm an old fashioned preacher, brother. I believe that that's the only way you're going to get an answer. That's the only way if we find it at God's altar. It might just be for you to get that victory right now, but to get it. Listen, don't worry about Joe Blow. Don't worry about sister, brother, and -and so-and-so. If you can get it, get it. That's what I'm talking about. That's where it's going to matter. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Ouch or something. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. So in Romans 7, 18, he says, for, don't have to turn there, for that in me, that is in my flesh, the Bible says dwells no good thing. There's nothing good in Lenny. You understand? I'm not talking about my life with God. I'm talking about my flesh. Nothing out of this flesh could come any good. Because if I wrote this Bible, Blackie, it would be all flesh. You hear what I'm saying? I, if, I, if I wrote it, I would make excuses for everything. I would, I would justify everything under the sun. Now listen to me, praise God. I'm going to say that if it be me, if, if Lenny would have wrote the Bible, 
I would have justification for everything. I could, we could fill this church up tomorrow. Seriously. We would allow drinking, homosexuality. We would allow everything. Just, just love them into the, the, the king. You can't love sin into the kingdom. There's no way possible. You love them by praying, for, but tell them the truth. One day, the people next door, I pray for them every day. Seriously. I love them. I pray for them. I went and gave them a Bible. I walked over there. One one's mad at me. The one took it. Two or three took them. And one lady said, you know, she says, I was such and such for so many years. I said, what's sin? Did I say that to judge her? No. But I, I wanted to find peace with God. Seriously. What? That's what we need. To tell them the truth. The only way you're going to have peace with God is and live all, it's, it's repentance. Coming to Jesus. Listen, I repent just to, I examine my heart every day. That's part of my Christian walk, okay? You have the same thing you need to do. When you get up in the morning, you have to stop and say, God, if you got angry at somebody yesterday, or don't even wait, do it now. I mean, when you wake up, do it now. There's something in you, and you know inside, you know it wasn't right what you said or thought or whatever it might be. Don't say, well, Blackie does it. I'm not saying Blackie does it. Uh, Brother Lenny does it. Some mama there, listen, that don't matter. You don't do it. You get what I'm saying? And when I say it's personal, it's between you and God. There are things right now that I might not see that you see and, and, and need to deal with. Right? And it's sin because God has revealed it to you. A lot of times he's not going to reveal it to tell it to somebody else. Tell it to yourself first. All right. I promise I'm, I'm going to keep the middle. <laughs> the flesh against the spirit. And there's no good thing in me, it says in Romans 7, 18, in the flesh. Romans 8, 13 says that for if we live according to the flesh, we'll die. That's what it says. Might not. You die physically one day, but you'll die spiritually. I only ask myself this one thing, Black. Seriously, this is how this, you don't have to do it that way. I examine: Is this you, Lord? When I have a, a feeling, or I have some something, I, I, you know, when I start even like me being in music a lot for years, I, you know, I, I started singing in music. I was on radio, on TV, I was on TV and all kind of stuff. And and I got off in the end, and when I was I was fixing to make it. Big. My wife is there, and I'm not boasting over that. It's not, it's not me. I was, and, and it was going to put one of my songs on radio. And I'm sitting there, boy, I can win some awards and everything else. You know what happened with that, Black? God dropped it off. He's dropped it in my face. And it never happened. That close. Song was good, sounded right, but my heart wasn't right. Because when it becomes about me, you hear what I'm saying? When it comes about, about my glory, you can never do anything without God's glory. Okay, I'm almost finished. <laughs> but if it's caught in the flesh, you'll die, right? I don't want to, I ain't going to finish. I'm going to finish one day, maybe next week. <laughs> the Bible says, and I want to, all of y'all listen to this. A woman is bound by her husband as long as he lives, right? And a husband, listen, y'all got married? That's your husband. 
you don't have another husband. And as long as he's alive and he's doing what God tells him to do, you, don't, you can't look for another. Because according to the law and vows of your marriage, you're bound. Right? But if he dies, if he dies, you're not no longer bound by it. Right? Because the, 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 the cord is cut. So what happens with that is that if you would choose to marry someone else, you wouldn't be wrong. Only in the Lord. You have to marry another Christian. But you have that freedom. But Jesus is comparing this to law and grace. See, you are bound by law as long as law was there. You were married to law. You, you were married. That was the only way that you can find some grace in, in Christ, right? But Jesus came and he, law died. Now listen, I'm not saying conviction or something. Listen to me. People get that point. They say, well, I, I can sin all I want. No, that's not what he's saying. What is law for, Blackie? It's to show you what sin is. And the only thing they had before Jesus was law. You, you were bound to that law. But now, on the grace, you've been, you're not, it's no longer your schoolmaster anymore. It no longer bound you out. Though you have to keep the Ten Commandments, other than the Sabbath. I don't want to get off into that. But, but still, the law is moral. And the, I said it right ago. The wages of sin is what? You can choose to whom you're going to serve. Who's going to be your master? Come on. See, law, what it done, it was great. It showed sin. And when sin was revealed, it condemned you. You had no way out. Come on, somebody. Really. You had no way out. Even in the Old Testament, they had to constantly come and offer the sacrifice over and over and over and over. But could never get the sin removed. It would only cover it. But that was the Old Testament. But Paul said it like this. The one in the book of Revelation says it like this. No drunkard, no adulterer, no fornicator, no, no perverted person will enter the kingdom of heaven. All liars shall be cast into the lake of fire. Let's see. The, the Ten Commandments says thou shalt not lie. Right? But when men choose law and not grace. See, you can carry. You can't follow God's law. Unless the Spirit is there. The Spirit warred against You see what I'm saying? The Spirit is what gives you the strength to obey God. But if you just donate out of religion, you're as lost as anybody else. You understand that? At one time, it was, it was the, you were bound by the law. But now grace came. You are freed. You, you mar you, 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 your husband died or your wife, partner died. The old person's gone. Now you're free to accept the, the grace of God. Amen. For a woman is bound by her husband as long as she live it. Okay. Being set free in Romans 5 through 18 says, being set free from, uh, from the law, you become a slave to God or to righteousness. Now you, when you were a slave to sin, no more. Now you're a slave to Jesus, Right? To righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is a word that we use as to be made right. 
And it's a word that's used to explain holiness, to be separate. So you didn't, you just took on a new master. Right? When you, when you came a Christian. Amen. Romans 6, 6, 16 says this. To whom you serve, to him you're going to serve. You're going to be the slave to, right? And that's what I'm talking about. The problem is not the law. The problem is sin. The law wasn't sin. The law was good. Sin is evil, right? The problem was not the law. People want to say, the law, law, law. Let me tell you, the problem is not the law. The Ten Commandments are holy, and they're pure, and they're just. It's the problem is sin, Brady. The problem, let me see my say that again. It's the problem is sin. What does the law do? It exposes evil. The thing that kept you from God in the first place, right? You can stand up, praise God. Woo, get a woman here. <laughs> I'm going to have to come back over that one day again, but it's, it's just so much. I, I, I said, Lord, how can I bring this out into one message? Let me ask you a question. You can stand up if you can. Do any of you feel condemned? Amen. One. Condemnation. That's not the one. It's not for you. You don't have to feel that. Give your heart to the Lord. Here you grow in. You learn. As the scripture says, there is now no I'm fixing to quote it. <laughs> I got it right here. Amen. Condemnation shouldn't belong in your life. And as, as, as I plan on doing here as a pastor is to teach, you don't have to live like that. You're a child of God. There is no, therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who live after the, don't live after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. All you have to do, sisters, ask, what does the spirit want me to do? Simple. People say, how can I overcome? What does God want me to do? How can I prevail? What does God want me to do? I can tell you what the answer is. His, his word is his will. You got what I'm coming from? Don't look for Oprah or, 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 or the view or anybody, or any people that to give you. They don't know the first thing, what, what to do with righteousness. God's word is his will. I, I want to recommend something. I don't have them, but go get your little promise book. I, I started passing them out. But all it was is, is scriptures. If you're feeling depressed, go to the scriptures. If you're feeling defeated, go to the scriptures. If you're feeling anxiety, go to, if you need a financial blessing, a healing, go to the scriptures. It's a little book. I'm going to have to buy some more. I have a couple of them at my house. And it, all it does is it says, why am I dealing with God? Because a lot of people, they don't know how to study yet at the Bible. They should. And it's all studied for you. Go to get one. Look for one. Go to Walmart. They got them. Little promise books. And what it does, it, 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 it divides every situation, every problem. And all the scriptures are there. Hallelujah. That's easy, huh? I'll pay my, I got a leather one. Maybe $20 for one. Or this little paperback on $3 ones. I don't think I have one. Now, I need to go get, when I first came in, I was passing them out like crazy. And somebody said, Brother Lenny, I got my little promise book on the table. I said, well, praise God. Hallelujah. One more verse. For I delight in Romans, Paul saying this. Remember, Paul's fighting his flesh back. 
He's fighting a battle between what's right and what's wrong. But this is very encouraging because he said, I delight in the law according to the inward man. And what that means is spirit. I look at God's law and I look what it says with my spirit. That's what it's saying. They don't say, well, let me see what I can do to help God make me more holy. You can't. You don't want to be holy before the Lord? Do what God says. <laughs> you want to be holy before the Lord? Follow his word. He says, I delight in the Lord of my, with my inward man. He says, oh, and it says in verse 24 of chapter 7, oh, wretched man. And Paul's reading all this. He's fixing, fixing this chapter. He's saying, man, oh, wretched man that I am. How or who can deliver me from this body of death? Now, he's looking at the law. He's looking at the Ten Commandments. He said, man, if I judge my life, I'm finished. According to, that, according to those Ten Commandments. But he said, it's through the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost all over. It's through the blood of Jesus I have an answer. Come on, Jesus. I said, it's through the blood of Jesus. I have been delivered. My God, you better thank God for that blood. You better look at that cross and say, Lord, where would I be without? Thank God for the cross because I'd be finished a long time ago. It's the blood of Jesus. Delivers me. Cleanses me. Through the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I know that your spirit is here, Lord. I know he's there to teach, and I pray for victory. God, give us Jesus. Let us see Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Let us see Jesus when we're facing the flesh. Let us see Jesus when we're facing illness in our bodies. Lost loved ones need saving. Let us see Jesus, Father. And I give you praise and glory. I wrote a little something here. I'm going to read it to you before you leave. And my son, Isaac, gave me a, a good study Bible. I, I mean, notes and stuff. And you read, you start, you read into, you start seeing the, the thoughts of men, right? Because these are, these are study notes they get from their own studies. And you start understanding that some of them might go way off the wall, but some of them got it together. They, they put the pieces together. And they show you a lot of stuff. Because a lot of these men, like I remember A. Allen, we talked about him. Uh, he dealt with a, they say he dealt with a spirit of drunkenness. I don't believe it. I, think, I, I personally don't think that, uh, he, that his own niece had said that he had never had a problem with alcohol. That was something they threw out there to try to destroy him. And whether it's true or not, I don't know, okay? I just, I'm just, I don't believe it. Even though Paul was a Christian, he fell short of God's glory. Because there's no way he could have written this if he had not. Amen. Preachers get mad at me when I start saying, oh, Paul, Paul, no, he's writing that in his, his present distress. I Oh, wretched man that I am, the things that I, 
I hate that I do. Who's, who's he, what, what is he? He's talking about something in the past. No, he's explaining the flesh. The war between the flesh and the spirit. And the thing that he, he, he came short of, and, 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 and mighty men of God, thank God for Paul, two-thirds of the New Testament, he came short of the moral, moral law of God. And he grew. He had to grow black. He had to grow. He had to learn every day, every day, every day. Please don't get discouraged when it seems like the devil is pounding you. Because he's going to do it. You're going to leave out of this church today. There's a devil waiting outside to test you. Brother, it's just that I wish it wouldn't, wouldn't be like it, but it is. But I've learned through my trials and my temptations and my tests, I grew stronger. There's things I could explain to you that went through my life. But seriously, I, I, I'm scared to even talk about it because it was, it was so hard. You know, about, about things that happened, uh, you know, uh, on my job. I my pastor on a man and he died with my machine. And that was the one I was preaching the gospel to, Black. And you don't think the devil bombarded me? You killed him and he's in hell. You don't think he, you don't think he, he came against me? I wasn't doing nothing wrong. I was just doing my job. He got in the way. He wasn't where he's supposed to be. But the devil don't play. The, the devil don't care about that. You know what helped me, Blackie? Men and women of this church called me. I'm praying for you, brother. I'll never forget that. Blind, sisters. That's why I'm, uh, this place means so much to me. I'll never forget that. I could have I shot myself. But it wouldn't have been for Jesus. It was that hard. But the men of this church would call me. I'm praying for you. We love you, brother. Come on, Jesus. How important is our fellowship, y'all? How important it is. Might be just be a few this morning, but how important are we are to each other? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's let's pray. Again, Lord, I just thank you for this morning. And Lord, give us victory over the powers of our enemy, Lord God. And, Lord, I thank you for everybody here. And, Lord, I ask you right now to go with them, to show them, to teach them, to open their eyes that they can see. 